This podcast provides information to help esports professionals identify and approach legal problems. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. Legal information is not the same as legal advice, which is an application of law to a party's specific set of circumstances. You should not and are not authorized to use this podcast as a source of legal advice. And the information in this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between the Law of Esports podcast, any of the lawyers or affiliates of the podcast, and any consumer of this podcast. Welcome to the Law of Esports podcast, the number one podcast that discusses legal issues as they relate to the world of esports. My name is Jake Hicks, and I'm an attorney that represents teams, leagues, and organizations. And my name is Nefi Lopez, and I'm an attorney that represents players, streamers, and personalities. And today we have a fantastic episode for you. It's another episode in our series of pro ops episodes where we talk to professionals from across the esports industry. And today, if you guys haven't been watching esports, haven't been caught up over the past week uh, or the past couple weeks, on July 3rd, Rocket League Championship Series Spring Major Finals, the largest esport on streaming platforms on anything for that day in the entire world was the Rocket League Championship Series Spring Major, absolutely exploding onto the scene. And the number one team, the Rocket League Championship Series Spring Major champions were Moist Esports. And we are fortunate enough today to have the coach and manager of the Moist Esports Rocket League team with us today, Mr. Noah Hinder. Noah, thank you for coming on the podcast. No, thanks, thanks for having me. Of course, man. Of course. Uh, we're so excited to have you, especially because you do have that role of both coach and manager. And we think that's so important in this industry because, uh, you know, we're now at a point where esports has gone so far forward that you really need solid management and also a way of just pushing a team forward more than just having your group of guys that are at a land tournament. Because um, you guys are doing big, big things. And it had to have felt good to be the spring major in London, hometown favorites, and come away with that win. So we're happy to have you. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Noah. Um, you know, as, as, as we were talking behind the scenes, uh, you know, we kind of gave you an idea as to what we wanted to talk about today. And, you know, with Moist Esports being so new on the scene, um, I mean, you guys have really made a splash. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, I mean, you guys were on the scene. You guys have been killing it. And I think and, and I think you guys, specifically the coaches and the managers, don't get enough credit. And so we said, let's get Noah on. Let's let him, you know, talk a little bit about how he came to where he is now and where he's going to go. Because, you know, Jake and I were talking and, you know, Rocket League, I think, is going to be big in the future. And, I mean, you, you heard it here first. You guys, uh, uh, Noah and his team are going to be superstars. And so we, we kind of want to get to know you a little bit more, man. And so um, with that being said, let's let's do what we typically ask. And, and tell us a little bit, of, you know, about where you grew up, a little bit about, uh, you know, your early history with esports. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I grew up in a small town in England, uh, played a lot of games when I was younger, played a lot of football or should I say soccer for you guys? Um, so yeah I was always into like the the competitive side I was quite a competitive child used to get into plenty of arguments with my siblings over like games whatever just always wanted to win always wanted to be the best Um, so that kind of you know transitioned into 
gaming I played a lot of Call of Duty when I was younger with with friends again you know same competition always wanted to be the best always wanted to beat them you know bragging rights at school and stuff um, and yeah I mean Rocket League was a great game for me I played a lot of football so it was kind of went hand in uh-huh. hand um, and yeah again it was just like because it's such a mechanical game almost and like there's no other game like it there's no like transferable skills um, to where like I would just sit and play and just try and get better every day and I again you know I had a couple of friends that played it so there's always that competition you always want to be the best and yeah I mean I guess that's, that's where it started yeah, yeah. And, that, and that how old were you when you started to get into Rocket League um, so it was 20 when did it come out 2015 I think so I, I played it on the yeah. day it released on PS4 so I was probably oh, nice. Oh, nice. What, 17, I guess, 16, 17? Nice. And, That's awesome. And so, um, you, so you obviously started playing Rocket League um, pretty early on. And we noticed because Rocket League is such a young eSport um, and, it's a, and, it's, and it's a relatively new game compared to a lot of the other um, eSport games, um, a lot of guys are really young. Um, and so mm-hmm. was, was Rocket League the first game that, that, that kind of – catapulted you into esports or obviously you said you played uh call of duty um did you compete in any other any like call of duty you know either uh you know rookie or um uh, amateur games like csgo or anything like that before you went full pro on rocket league no i mean again like call of duty was just casual i mean i didn't really sort of see the esports sides of gaming until um i came across rocket league because I'd be watching loads of stuff on YouTube about it. And, you know, you come across like, you know, Cronovi and whatever back in the day, best player in the yeah. world. And then, you know, it goes on to then the esports. So I think the first esports event I watched was season three Worlds. Ah, uh, okay. Um, okay. And, you know, just, okay. just watching that kind of opened my eyes to what people can do and how much potential the game has. And then from there on, I was just, just grinding the game, learning, like getting better. Um, and obviously, and again, like meeting loads of people through it as well. Uh, the people that, you know, I know now, I've known for, years now and met them through the game nice yeah yeah and that's awesome that, that, oh i'm sorry jake here yeah. and, and just to no, kind of piggyback yeah. off of what i was gonna <laughs> say before a reoccurring theme we see is that um the, the guys are you know guys like yourself that are you know big into in, into in, in the scene are, are very competitive um mm-hmm. and i was just gonna basically add a comment to that was that would you contribute that competitiveness into into you being serious about turning it from just a casual game into like a more of a career in potential esports? Yeah, definitely. I th- I don't think you can get this far without having that competitive nature. If you're mm-hmm. sort of relaxed and chill and playing casually, you know, I don't know. For like so, <laughs> so, so my friends that I know that are casual gamers just kind of they'll jump between games and you know they they'll, they'll play it, enjoy it, and then once they kind of gotten their fun out of it, they'll they'll drop it. But the fun kind of never ended for me because it was always you know the enjoyment was getting better and being better than everyone else and you know trying to climb my way up to the top. Nice. Go ahead, Jake. I didn't nice. mean to cut you off well, so, uh, No, No, you're good. And I always have this question because I'm always interested because there's always a kind of a little bit of time between when someone picks up a title and when they go pro. And so I think you had started playing in 2015, but then you go pro around 2018. In that time where you're leading up and, and competing and getting better and better, did you have a favorite org or other favorite players that you would watch to kind of just either be entertained or to see how to pick up tips and get better at the game? No, I mean, calling me pro is uh, v- very nice. I don't think I was that that good. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like when when I was getting better, you know, watched the likes of like Devo and, you know, like Cronovi, Cooks here, all the like OG legends of the game, really. Um, and just seeing how they played and how they got to the top and stayed at the top with the different metas, the different ways they played, you know, like even through towards like I guess a bit more recently with like Dignitas and 
um, Cloud9 sort of in season five and six, just how they kind of re like revolutionized the game. And it was more than just being the best. It was also, you know, finding different ways to beat a team. You don't necessarily have to be the best individual players, just sort of have to have the right mindset going in. And there's a lot more to it. And that's, I guess that's kind of where I got my love for coaching a bit as well, is kind of figuring out how these teams do well and why it works. And then trying to like seeing how they do that consistently and how it works against different play styles and you know etc okay and so you you started playing um and then obviously you transitioned to coaching at some point when when did playing rocket league transition so we we kind of set up a timeline you started playing around 2015 you you kind of got into the pro scene in 2018 um now you're leading one of the one of the best arguably the best um rocket league teams right now um, at what point, you know, did you transition from just a casual to a competitive player to now being a coach where, where you are now for Moist? Um, I mean, well, I started subbing for them back when they were, well, before they signed with Kesa, when they were just Magnolia at the start of this, this season just gone. Um, and they, they had a coach already, but I was always sat in comms with them. I was always like hyping them up, basically just like a, being a cheerleader almost. Yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, you know, it's all, it, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, cause, and cause I'm, I was good friends with them. It's always, you know, I love to see them do well. So I wanted to be there for them if they needed me and, and whatever. Um, and then obviously when they made the decision to drop their coach, I sort of jumped at the opportunity. Um, I knew it was something that I wanted to do. I knew it was something like I'd, anything where I could be involved in and help the guys be as good as they can, I was I was willing to do. So I guess that's where it kind of transitioned from playing to coaching. Nice. Were you already a manager at that point, or did you transition into that manager role? No, I mean, I just well? kind of picked it all up on the fly. I mean, again, the, 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 the org have been great. The, the players have been great, you know, um, kind of helping me a bit, you know, because they've, they, again, they don't do any managing, but they know what it's like and what they expect. So it was, it's nice to have people that I know well that can tell me when I'm doing something wrong, you know, not, not afraid to have a go at me or, or whatever. Um, and I think that's what's, that what's helped me a lot. Okay. That's awesome. And so that's awesome. was there, was there things that, uh, cause you were on teams before, um, were there things that you had seen from managers in the past that you just didn't like that you thought, man, if I'm a manager one day, I'm going to correct that, <laughs> do that better. Um, I mean, I didn't really have much experience with managers before, uh, bef like, cause back when I was playing Rocket League wasn't, it, I mean, it was serious, but a lot like they didn't have like coaches on stage or anything yet at lands. And it was all kind of just like, it was still developing. So yeah, some teams have managers, but right. you would never, I never really in interact with them. And their main thing was pretty much finding scrims and finding like weekly tournaments to play. Um, so I mean, they seem to have done their job well. A lot of teams got a lot of yeah. scrims and played in a lot of tournaments. So, nice. but yeah, I never really had sort of like one-to-one -one experience with them. Okay, and so you're you're actually okay. one of the first uh, coaches that we've interviewed on the podcast. We're we're hoping to get uh, a few other guys. Eli the Ninja uh, with G1 is one of the guys that that we're hoping to get on um, soon. He's mm -hmm. in the transition of he just moved to Austin and is dealing with you know the whole integrating to a new city and so uh but one of the things that people don't really know about is is there's obviously a, a very different skill set that's required from a coach and a professional player and so how how did you develop or how do you think that you developed your skill sets as a coach for a rocky league team that that makes you successful and is and has kind of helped you kind of catapult the team into the, the spotlight um i mean i don't really think there's anything special it's just kind of having the trust between the players and the coach um I mean, again, as I've said, I've known I've known Joy and Rise for ages. Obviously, I'm really I get along really well with Vatira, so that they 
well, I feel like they trust me and they like having me up there. It's nice, you know, it's nice to have somebody that you that you like up there and this this cheering you on because Rocket League's such a fast paced game that there's not really too much I can say in the middle of a game. Um right. as soon as you start thinking about what you're doing and trying to change it, it's it's too far gone. Um so I'm kind of just there on stage just to you know, hype them up, give them confidence, and I think they appreciate that because it's someone that you know they they know well. Awesome. Well, so in in that vein, uh, you know, we don't we haven't talked to a lot of coaches yet on this podcast, but when you're at a LAN, uh, when you're at a championship series uh, at a major, what is kind of your day to day look like? Because we know for players, you know, you're working on playing the game, maybe watch back a VOD, you're going to warm up, you're going to play, you're going to cool down, you're going to make sure that you have everything going to play the game successfully. But from a coach's perspective, what are you doing in the tournament environment? Um, what, what, you mean like leading up to it? Yeah. Uh, just kind of mentally preparing myself, I guess, because, you know, I'm, I'm the one that needs to kind of like, I guess, like mediate the mood. Like if they're getting too like hyped, I need to chill them out. If they're not getting hyped enough, I need to hype them up. But it's just kind of getting that right mindset to where, you know, they can focus on themselves, not have to worry about me, you know, sitting in the background getting too nervous or you know too too overexcited or whatever it's just kind of um i guess yeah like just regulating the mood and helping them where they need it awesome. do you ever like do you ever see a play in a in a match and say okay we need to go back and watch that vod and figure out what happened um not too much again like rocket league is so situational and so fast paced it's not yeah. it's not like tactical shooters where you can go back and look at something and pick it pick it apart um cuz mm-hmm. you get into sort of similar situations every game and you know if they're at the top of the game if they make one mistake you know that they normally know that they've made the mistake and they, like it, it just happens in the in like the heat of the moment almost so there's there's almost it's almost kind of bad sometimes if you, if you constantly go over it because you're just reminding the player like and then he might if he gets into that situation again might overthink it when all like all you need to be doing is just kind of push them towards you know making the, the, the right decision trusting themselves and you know like just having confidence in, in what they do Nice, and so that's a sign of a good coach, man. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and and that, that also that also kind of highlights the the difference between the skill sets required to play something like Rocket League versus like Call of Duty, um, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, it's not really a skill that transitions too well between esports, which is why Rocket League is so amazing because it's it's unlike any other game that we had before. You know, we've got Halo, yeah. Call of Duty, CS:GO; those are all you know first person or third person shooters. Rocket League, you're literally playing. Uh, football or soccer as a little car and you're trying to score goals and it's just it's, it's so unique and it's so fun to watch uh but let's let's kind of shift a little bit over and let's talk about moist esports in in particular uh, can you kind of fill us in a little bit on the history i know they're relatively new uh you know you dropped some names like magnolia or whatever it was called before it formally turned to esports uh were you there at the beginning whenever moist esports and the moist rocket league team was created or did you kind of join a little bit later after and and you know Tell us a little bit about that history there. Yeah, so we were originally, obviously, as I said, it, it was Magnolia. It was just like a name, like we, we weren't signed. Um, and then they got signed by Team Queso, a, a Spanish org. Um, they've been right. in Rocket League before. So, you know, at the time it, it was good. You know, we were, we were an unproven team. Um, it was, you know, money for them. So they were just like, yeah, but... So after the first split, it wasn't it wasn't the best. I think our best result was was top eight. But again, it was their first split together. So we were like, yeah, this is fine. It it was only getting better. Um, and then obviously we came into the win split and just you know one came second, one again, and it all it kind of just like catapulted us up to the top. Um, and then obviously there were loads of bigger orbs coming in for us, and 
you know, rightly so. We we thought, I mean, the players thought they were worth a bit more than what, you know, they were getting paid because originally, you know, they signed when they were an unproven team. And then uh, uh, Moist came in. Um, again, I didn't really do much of the ne- negotiation. I wasn't signed uh, to Queso as a sub, um, but I was talking to them and I was like, this is, you know, this is a great opportunity. Um, don't, nice. don't, don't waste it pretty much. We can sign yeah. with a, tier one org it'll be great like you get the money but i just think just how the moist is set up how how it's all how it all works and, and after talking to him as well i was like this is like an opportunity you just get, you, you can't turn down okay and and let me piggyback off of that question whenever you say how they're set up what is different about moist esports that attracted you to them versus all the other orgs that were chasing you guys down because obviously you guys were successful pretty early on yeah i mean i don't have any experience on tier one orgs but um, from you know my experience under Moist, it's a lot more. I don't I don't want to call them unprofessional, but it's way more like chilled, relaxed. It doesn't relaxed. seem it. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't feel like a job. You know, I'm speaking to Matt, the co-owner, every day. You know, we're we're good friends now. It was really nice to see him in London, um, and you know, I, it doesn't feel like it's super professional, super like, you know, they they have a obviously they have ex- expectations of me, but I can kind of talk to them about stuff, and they'll talk to me on like a a personal level. Um, okay. If I have any issues or, or or anything, but yeah, no, it's just it's just nice to have someone that I guess like doesn't doesn't sort of uh, take it too seriously, I guess in and, in the nicest way possible. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and and obviously we don't we don't want to say anything yeah, yeah. negative because it sounds like from our conversations is you were having a great experience with all the other teams before, but was was that mm-hmm. sort of um, the, the way that Moist Esports runs was that di- was that very different from the way that like Team Queso was running whenever you guys were working for them. Yeah, so obviously we had like a team manager under Queso, but they had loads of other teams, and it was it was just a bit awkward, like going through someone and then like that someone that's dealing with us is just kind of relaying the stuff that the managers, their managers, telling them. So it's not necessarily stuff that they want to say. So then if you ask them a question back, instead of them answering truthfully, they have to go then go back to the manager, ask them, and it's just going through a, a, lo- a lot of people. So it just kind of slowed down getting things done. But whereas whereas now you know I'm I'm pretty much just dealing with with one person. The players, oh well, well I mean the players come to me because they don't really want to have to be sitting around messaging people. But if they want yeah. the players to go straight to the straight to Matt and get things yeah. sorted out then and there. Yeah. Okay, and 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 one nice. more question, awesome. one more question before I, I I let Jake ask the next one. Um, and you don't obviously we don't want any specifics. Um, as far as quantities, but obviously money is a big thing for players, right? Us, especially as esports attorneys, we want to make sure that the org and the team kind of th- their relationship stays. You know, it's it's a um, mutually beneficial re- relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did, w- whenever Moist Esports came to you guys, um, do you feel like you know they really were treating you guys as as the value that you guys had, and, and they were able to compete with all the other T one esports that were uh, Team One esports teams that were competing for you guys uh, to to sign y'all yeah definitely i mean after looking at what they sort of offer us i feel like we've got sort of one of the best contracts in in rocket league nice. at the moment they they took us seriously they treated us and gave us the offer as if we were the best team in the world because you know that's that's what we are and you um, guys are the best team in the world exactly yeah so. yeah exactly it's, it, it looks <laughs> so like, it looks i like mean they, they made the right decision yeah exactly and they and they definitely took us serious awesome that's awesome well, so I just want to change gears and ask more about your role as a coach and manager as it relates to your players. Um, because in esports, you do have a responsibility at this point as a coach and a manager to keep your players 
winning, yeah. <laughs> but also to keep them like healthy and happy and in the right frame of mind the entire time. So I know um, that as of right now, you're coach and manager, but in your mind, what is the difference between those two roles? So like, what do you do as a coach that's different from what you have to do as a manager and how do you balance that? Um, I mean, the coaching side of it, because we don't really tend to do too much outside outside of the game. Uh, obviously, you know, them lot, they're all grinding the game, but at the same time, we kind of already have a way we like to play and it's, it's not necessarily something that I need to sit down and go over replays and do all that. So it definitely makes it a lot easier to, to do both. So when I'm, you know, not watching scrims and not like talking to them about, about the game, I kind of focus on the sort of manager side and you know it's just getting scrims getting all the you know all the boring stuff really <laughs> but it just i'm just making that their life easier so they only have to focus on playing um because once you start adding in other factors to like just playing rocket league it, you know your performance is gonna is gonna take a hit because of it yeah and so what other factors are you talking about at that point and as, as far as that is that at majors or is that during scrims leading up to a major what do you mean like when you're talking about other factors, oh, right. like the players um, as they're leading up to. Yeah, I mean, well, just like I, it's just I'm just dealing with everything. So if you know the org has a request, it will go through me. You know, if the if there's any like I don't know, well, just any, anything about the team will go through me rather than the team. So they're not having to think about all these other factors and like for example, like I don't know, like tournament invites and. You know, all all all, all, okay. all the stuff. So I can kind of filter out the n- less serious stuff. So then I'm constantly because yeah. you know, you can be as professional and as sort of like high up as you want, but you're still going to get the odd DM where it's like, just not. It's you know, you know, it's not. It's not. I'm I'm not trying to like, um, be disrespectful, but it's just not worth it for us at this point. So yeah. instead of them Doing having podcast to podcast interviews, no, 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 not that, not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but no, but that's important, right? To keep your guys yeah, in yeah, yeah. mind as they're going forward, yeah. especially when you have world champions on your hands. Exactly. Um, and, and speaking of, so you have an amazing squad right now. Uh, I mean, spring, um, world favorites, um, spring major champions, uh, an absolute squad playing this game. But outside of that, as a coach and a manager, what do you look for? in a player that makes you think they would be successful? Uh, well, obviously they need, you know, the talent, the skill in game. But uh, I think in Rocket League, especially at the moment, that everybody is quite young. Um, so it's not necessarily having experience. It's just like you can kind of tell when someone is, if you see them outside a tournament and inside a tournament, some players play really differently because in scrims or, you know, rank, they, they, they don't care. They're just playing how they want. As soon as it gets to a tournament, they start thinking, they start they put pressure on themselves. But that's why, you know, I love working with the team so much is that how we play in scrims is how, well, is, is how we try and play in a, in a tournament. There's no point, you know, playing like a way in scrims and then going to tournament and playing completely different. I think personally, I think that's a big issue with a lot of the pro teams. It's getting better, but I still see it where yeah. a team will play like out of their mind in scrims, like consistently. They will be consistently beating us in scrims and then we'll play them in a tournament and we'll, and we'll sweep them because they're just not playing how they do. Um, because I don't know, either pressure, they, they care too much. They're too, they're too scared to take risks or I, I, I don't know what they're it, what it is. Conservative. But yeah, but there's definitely yeah. a difference between scrims and tournaments for some teams. Nice. Okay. So if you were like to, if you're looking at a young player or if a young player was looking to get into professional rocket league, uh, what pointers would you have for them? Um, making that challenge. It's just, well, obviously, you know, you want to be playing the, the right way. Um, but it's just playing with confidence. If you if you know you're good enough, then 
you know, what's the point in, of compensating for it just because you're in a tournament or whatever? If you're better than the other team, if you if you feel like you're better than the other team, then go out, go out and show it. Like, there's no point sitting and, you know, play. I see some people, like, you know, play, try and play around their teammates because they, they, do, they don't want to get away. It's like, nah, just, just go and show people why you're good enough or why you're as good as you think you are. Yeah, and, absolutely, man. And that's so important just to be able to to have that path to success, but also it's great to hear from someone that's successful in the space. Mm you know, to see what you got to do. Cause that's huge. Um, have you ever had any challenges with this roster in terms of looking a little too conservative and having to talk to them and tell them to open up their play style? Um, no, I mean, you could, you can see just, just with how they act on stage that they're, they're super confident guys. They don't, they don't really care. They're just there to play, play the game, enjoy it. Um, I mean, I don't really have to say too much in game. It's just kind of just hyping them up because again, once they're confident, they're the best team in the world. Um, and yeah, as as you can see, they don't struggle with that with, with the confidence nice. side of it. Yeah, nice. And so let's 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 change gears again, and, and let's talk about something that that very recent and something that you went viral for, which was, and, and I'm sure everybody that's listening to this podcast wants to hear um, kind of a little bit about it, right? We, we've we've already agreed we're not going to get too deep into it, uh, but let's kind of let's address that elephant in the room. Uh, just a few days ago, uh, or actually, what's today? The ninth. Yesterday. You put out a tweet about events coming up, right? You guys are getting ready for Worlds. Um, and mm-hmm. then there's there's a big tournament, the, the Gamers Without Borders tournament in uh, Saudi Arabia. And, and you've made the statement that you made. We're not going to talk about this statement, and that is clear. Your position is, is clear. And, you know, and, and we, we tip our hats to you for taking the stand and, and you know, uh, doing what you think is right. And, and arguably, well, we, we, we tend to agree with you on that position. But uh, <laughs> one of the most important things is having... Uh, an org that supports their players and supports their managers. Um, you know, you've already told us about that relationship you've had with Moist, but can you tell us a little bit more about how they've been and, 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 and you know, obviously how it feels to you to have the org support you 100%? Yeah, I mean, it's, it was, I wasn't going to come out and say anything if they didn't want me to. Um, I obviously went over with them before and kind of asked them if, if this all right. Um, and, you know, it's just nice to have people support me for kind of who I am and like my, I don't know, just, just like I can say something and then people will have my back. Um, obviously there's, there's, there's going to be hate regardless, but it's just nice to have people that I actually respect, respect me back. That's good. And was, was that something that you, and obviously from, from what we talked about earlier, that's something that, that attracted you to moist esports was that you're not dealing with like, you know, a middleman, like a a team manager that, you know, you, they're like, Oh, well, let me ask the boss. You're talking directly with the boss. And so, uh, whenever you let them know, Hey guys, this is how I feel. Um, what was that? What was that interaction with? Was it like a hundred, a hundred percent support? You guys kind of broke it down, talked about it and explored it and then made a decision. Uh, or were they just like, Hey, whatever, you know, whatever you think is best for the team, we support you. Yeah, well, I just I just said because I think we were all in, in agreement that we weren't going to go. It wasn't sort of I see a lot of people saying it was just my decision, but I think it was a collective between us us and the org to not go. Um, but I just said I was like I would I would like to make a statement on it. I'd like to say something about it, and they were just like, yeah, like go for it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome, and and that's something that you that's don't awesome, that's man. something you don't see very often. And, and obviously, Jake and I deal with a lot of different orgs. Um, and because of, of the, the politics involved with it, especially you see it a lot in traditional sports. I mean, I, I don't know if you follow uh, uh, American basketball, but, you know, a lot of these guys will make certain 
um, comments about like China, for example. And then, you know, they'll lose a bunch of Chinese corporate sponsors that they have. And the team will like either punish the player or punish the coach. You know, we're from Houston and the Rockets was a big there was a big thing with China um, where they, you know, they had issues with the coach. Um, You know, it's is it is it have you noticed that Moist Esports, you know, because there's such a direct connection between you and them that um, they don't really handle it like most other corporate large teams do? do you, would you say they're different in that regard as well? Um, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the only real experience I've had with, with that stuff. But again, they just, like, obviously, I spoke to them and they were they were fine with it. Obviously, I wasn't going to go against if, against them if they said, but, um, you know, they respect me, I, I respect them. So it was just like kind of a mutual mutual agreement, awesome, I guess. Man. That's awesome. And, and 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 just if if Jake and I can add a comment to that, and Jake, I'll let you kind of add a comment after I do. But uh, we we really want to kind of tip our hats off and and just shout out Moist Esports along with you and the rest of the team that you know two million dollars is a lot of money, uh, and to such a such a young uh, org um, that could really I mean that that could catapult you guys to a whole different level you guys can continue to expand into other esports and for you guys to choose values over money which is something that i'm sure a lot of people that have shown their support you guys are really putting your values over money it speaks volumes and so we just want to now that we have you in person we want to salute you for taking that stand and salute thank you everybody at moist esports including the owners from charlie uh and and everybody else uh you know that you directly communicate with we you know us the the attorneys and the host of the Law of Esports want to shout you guys out and just kind of tip our hats. And so uh, with that being said, I'll kind of hand off to Jake and see if he wants to add anything to that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll add, and and no, I think you're also aware, is that for uh, esports player, one of the most important things is winning tournaments. And from an esports org perspective, one of the most difficult things, the most difficult challenges that Nephi and I have to, have to discuss all the time is monetizing your org. And one of the few ways you can do that is by winning tournaments. And there's not a whole lot of other opportunities out there. Mm. And so skipping a tournament, especially one that has a seven-figure prize pool, is a big, big step. And usually, in Nephi and I's experience on the legal side, people will skip tournaments for the wrong reasons. Either their team backs out because they, they have disagreements with management or because they have a disagreement with the tournament organizers um, from a sponsor or brand perspective. And so it was really refreshing for us to see what we believe is, in our opinion, a team sacrificing a big aspect of esports for the right reasons. Yeah. And so our hat's off to Thank you. you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I know you muted your... Uh, that that particular tweet. So you and and I would, if I were you, I would just probably not go back and read in case there are some negative things because I, I know that can affect your psyche. And I don't want it to be, but yeah, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, Jake and I have kind of combed through it, and you've got a lot of support, man. You've got our support, and you have supports from huge people like you know Richard Lewis, um, you know a lot of uh, you know Team Liquid, just everybody. Okay, so know that the community is behind you, and we support you. And so with that being said, let's kind of change gears again and talk about what Moist Esports kind of has going on right now. And, and, and what you guys plan to do in the future. And so obviously the next thing is that you guys have coming up is, is, is Worlds, right? Are you guys have any events yeah. or anything between then and now? No, Worlds is, I think it starts in just uh, just under a month. I think it's the 4th of August, I think is the first day. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what are you guys doing now to kind of prepare for that? Uh, well, we're currently having just a week off from from LAN, you know, it's, it's nice to yeah. just kind of take some time off. Um, but next week yeah. we'll, we'll start preparing, we'll start scrimming, we'll start getting back into the mindset okay. of it all. And then uh, we're going to go, I think we're going to go to the Moist facility to go boot camp before 
Um, nice. So just to kind of get out of there, get see everyone, you know, it'd be nice because it's it's always nicer being out there, especially like not even just with the org, just with the players. It's nice to see them physically, but we'll obviously get to meet everyone from the org. Um, that'll be great as well. And then I guess, yeah, we'll be there for a week. Then we'll go to Dallas um, and just, yeah, just be playing, preparing, getting yeah. back into the, the land mindset. Um, hopefully, yeah, just, hopefully just we're there actually. on winning. Hopefully, we, Hopefully we, yeah. we, we, we go to Dallas because I don't know if you know this. We're Houston, Texas based and Dallas is just a several hour drive for us. And so mm. but, but before we move on, I, I kind of want to slow down a little bit. And, and Jake, I know I'm kind of hogging the mic a little bit. But um, for, for those of you guys that are new to Moist Esports, why don't you, as the manager and the coach, break down the team and tell us a little bit about everybody. And, you know, add, add a little bit of comments because I'm sure I'm sure the guys, you know, I'm sure they're if they listen to this episode, they're, they're, they're going to want to hear you know, what you have to say about them. So, so who, who are the members of the team and tell us a little bit about each one? I mean, uh, they're, they're all great guys, but you've got, you've got Joyo. He's uh he's very, very, he, lo- he loves to express himself. He's got the, what, the, the pink and blue hair, loves to get up and do a little dance on stage. You know, he's, he's super, exp- <laughs> and he's super, super expressive in game as well. You know, he's probably got the best mechanics in the world right now. Um, I don't personally, I don't think anybody comes close, but that's just probably me being biased. Um, and you know, you saw the goal he scored. In the last game of yeah. of the major, you know, he's an insane player, mm-hmm. insane person. Um, you know, I mean, there's not really much much more I can really say. Um, right. You've got Rise, who is, you know, the the Ice Man scores in the clutch moments. Um, again, a great person. Love the guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's just our, our go-to <laughs> guy in the clutch. And then you've got nice. you've got Vatira, who's our who's our little Frenchy. You know, uh, he's yeah. he's great. Uh, for, when I first spoke to him, he couldn't understand a word I was saying. <laughs> but it's gotten way way better now. He is he's an insane player, um, well deserved of the defensive MVP. I thought he played incredible. I mean, everybody played incredible. I can't just sit here and say that you know it was it was one person. It was a team effort. But you know, I love them. I love them all. They're all they're like my younger siblings. Um, it's great to see him succeed. I feel super like super proud. Um, especially you know being able to share that moment with him on stage. It was it was such a like surreal experience. Okay. And do you guys, uh, does everybody live in different places? You know, do you guys meet regularly in person? Because I know that's a big thing that comes to chemistry is, is kind of getting together with your teammates. Um, where, where's everybody at? Is, is everybody? Uh, no, you know? <laughs> we're kind of all over the place. So Joe yeah. lives in nor- the north of England. I live in the south of England. Uh, Rise lives in Portugal and obviously Vatira lives in France. So we only nice. really meet up when, oh. <laughs> when, if we have like a boot camp or, or a tournament. Okay. But, okay. um, you know, we all, we all regularly talk to each other online. It's not just because yeah. I think that that's another thing that that makes that kind of makes us a perfect fit for Moist and like helps us succeed is that we're all, we're, we're all good friends. We don't only talk to each other when it's about the game or in scrims. You know, we're talking to each other outside of it. Uh, just, you know, just day to day stuff, you know, what nice. you talk to your mates about. Um, so it creates a really good environment for us to play in. Awesome, awesome. And where where is the Moist awesome. Esports headquarters? By the way, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's what you're gonna ask. I was Jake. just gonna ask that exact same <laughs> question. Yeah, uh, exactly it's in thing. it's in Florida. I'm pretty sure it's in Tampa. I think in the United States, right? Because I think that's where yeah. Charlie's from. Is in is in is in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. All right, Jake. I'll, I'll let yeah. you take over because I asked well, like, the last so, five questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I have some more sports questions just because I'm a. Uh, a sports background guy, but in terms of going into worlds, who do you see as your biggest challenge in terms of other orgs? Because the uh, spring major was, you know, some orgs that people didn't see as favorites ended up having some pretty strong showings. Yeah. Um, obviously, Moist was a favorite and ended up being champions, and you guys are favorites going into worlds. Who do you see as, as your biggest threats in worlds? 
Uh, well, obviously, you've got that Falcons team. They're a fantastic team. All great individual players. All a great team together. Um, and they obviously showed that in spring. Uh, you've got you've got BDS, who didn't really have the best major. Um, but I just think they need a bit of time. They needed that kind of first sort of major together. I think they'll be they'll use that as motivation to grind now and and be the best team that, that, that they can. You've also got NRG who weren't at the spring major, but I think they're in a similar situation to where they've had a bit of disappointment. They're all great players on LAN. Um, obviously they made the finals in the in the first major in full. So I think I think they'll be they'll be back and, and better than they have been recently. Um other than that, I mean, I can't really think of the teams that are going off off the top of my head, really. Um, <laughs> no, no offense to the guys you've forgotten. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm just just focused on us right now. We know that there's no point yeah. in thinking about how the other teams are going to play because at the end of the day, if we if we play our best, we we'll win the whole thing. Nice, absolutely. No, I I completely agree. Um, yeah, man. Well, we're really excited to see Worlds. I think we're going to be able to catch it. Now, if I know we have to go to Call of Duty Champs the first week of August, but yeah. I think this is 12th through 14th. So I think we can probably nice. make it up there and hang out. That'd be great if you can, if uh, you can come. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we try to make as many events as we can. And, and, you know, because rocket league is, is not necessarily super new, but it is relatively new compared to everybody else. Um, you know, Jake and I really kind of need to, to, to dip our fingers a little more into the scene. Um, cause you know, we're, we're, we try to get as involved as we can. Um, you know, our, our newest one that we really got deep into CSGO, um, and that was amazing to watch, and it's it's been um, it's it's been great being in that scene. But Rocket League, man, just watching the last major was, uh, dude, it was so exhilarating and so much fun. Because I'm also a, a soccer fan, by the way, and yeah, in my family. So in case you didn't know, I'm Mexican. Uh, you know, my favorite team is is the Tigres from Monterrey. Uh, let, let me let me ask you this because I didn't forget, I forgot to ask at the beginning. Who's your favorite football team? Um, I'm probably gonna get lost with this. Uh, Arsenal. I used to support them growing Arsenal? up. Hey. I mean, I yeah, I don't follow football okay. too much anymore. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know, if if I do follow football, then that's that's the team I follow. I'd feel like a scum if I changed team. So hey, one, one, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite players played at Arsenal, Chicharito. I don't know if you remember him. That guy was a superstar with you guys for a little bit. So, mm. uh, and I've got some friends that are uh, that are a huge Arsenal fan too. So I, I'm not gonna be the one that's gonna hate. So I'll, I'll show you <laughs> show love. For nice man. And so uh, as you know, this is obviously a legal podcast uh or we try to be right obviously it's a mix of of lost law and esports um let's kind of shift and talk about the legal aspect of that um obviously you're new to the esport and so your your exposure to it is a little different especially since you're not necessarily a professional player right now you're you're as a coach and a manager but what are Mm -hmm. some things right let's say we have a we have another kid right girl guy they however they 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 refer themselves are looking to start a career in esports um, what are what are some things that you can recommend to them in order for them to be able to break into the scene? Because I think that's the hardest part. Um, I mean, you've just got to be kind of... I, I, I don't really know how to sort of explain it. Or you've just got to kind of like take yeah. take the, the, the opportunities, but also kind of think them through. Things are in like a long term because you don't want to be, especially with signing contracts, you don't want to be signing something that's like, you know, way too beneficial for the for the org or whatever Absolutely. and it's just exploring you because I think that, that's that's a big issue especially in Rocket League because everybody's so young they don't necessarily see the importance of signing a contract I think most of the time I've seen a lot of not uh, like before where somebody would sign something and then you know they sign for a year two months later that they, they already want to go out and it's like well you know you should have again it's it, it's hard to tell but you've also got a kind of Think about, think ahead. Put put yourself like, where do I want to be in six months, a year? One hundred percent. Like, how however long the contract is. Like, where do I see myself at the end of this? 
Because if you're like a massive up and coming player and you, you think you can be the best player in the world in like a year's time, why, like why would you sign a contract for, for two years that is, is paying, you, paying you nothing? or like is completely ex exploiting you because then if you do become the best player in the world and you've still got a year left, that org is going to hold on to you and do everything they can to keep you on that contract. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and, and I, I guess for you guys, cause I mean, y'all saw a little bit of that with, with going from unproven, uh, you know, signing with, with team queso, um, you know, and, and it's, I mean, everything you say, I just, I, I want to highlight it, right? If it was on paper, I would highlight it because you're absolutely right. Uh, especially with you guys going from an unproving team to now arguably one of the best teams. Uh, and in my opinion, I think you guys have, have done outstanding. Um, it, as a coach, do you deal with the same issues as professional players? Like where they're like, Hey, here's a contract, uh, take a look at it and sign it. Um, well, Luckily for us, the players all signed with an agency, and I like I I'm not, but they were um, nice enough to kind of because they because they did the players contract, so they kind of you normally do like the coaches mm, off right. the off the players, right? Um, so they just kind of did did that. So it, it wasn't well. Obviously, when I got the contract, there wasn't really sort of anything that I needed to change because it had all been sort of sorted out by an agency and someone who you know their job is to mm. just sit and look at contracts pretty much. Right, right, right. So um, I think that's another Im okay. important thing is just. Either, it, like, if you know you're going to sign a lot of contracts or whatever, just get an agency. Or, like, you know, be friends with someone. Or, like, for me, my, my mum used to... Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. like, for me, my mum used to work at um, a company where she used to deal with a lot of, like, contracts and stuff. So mm -hmm. I would just get her to, to read over it. Obviously, she had no idea about the, like, esports side. But I just wanted yeah, to make yeah. sure I wasn't signing, signing my life away or, or, or anything stupid. Um, if there wasn't anything in, like, the, the, the small print or something. But, yeah, it's just knowing what you're signing and kind of... Um, thinking about where you'll be in the future and then, you know, where the, where the contract kind of, like if you think it'll be worth in six months to a, to a year's time. Right. Do you have an idea or an opinion? Let's say there's a the aspiring Rocket League player who's very good, who is 16 years old, um, who wants to sign with a pro team and pro teams want to sign him. Do you think there's a optimal amount of time for that contract to last, whether it be three months, six months, Eight months. Um, do you think there's like an optimal time in the scene? I don't. I don't really know. Normally, I mean, I'd say. It, it, again, it depends when they sign. If they sign at like a start of the season, I would maybe sort of say sign to maybe the end of the season or like a year. Um, but again, it just it it just depends on what your aspirations are. If you're if you're up and coming and you're desperate for money, and you desperately want to get it, then like. That, that's up to you if, if you sign or not but if you think you know I'll turn this down because I believe that I can be even better and get even more then yeah I mean it just it just depends on what your aspirations are and how, how good you, you've done how like confident you are in, your, in yourself I guess but it, there is a line that you cross to where it's you know you can only turn down so much to where it's a bit, to where it's a bit stupid yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah no I, I think there is a um, the level of kind of I guess like self-respect um, when it comes okay. to signing contracts and and with you being in the scene, um, and and, I, and I'm sure you talk to other players and other coaches. Um, as far as you've heard, without getting into the details of your particular contract, but what is the average that you, have you noticed? Are, are people mainly signing six months, one year? You know, what what are what, whenever you ask somebody, hey, how long are you in the contract for? Um, don't tell us any names because I'm sure a lot of that stuff is confidential. But what is a typical mm. time that you see? So if somebody's listening to this, they they know, you know, what I should probably be looking at a year, six months, or a full season. I mean, what what are, what are you hearing? What's out there? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's uh, if they're signing like a new team like none of them are signed it's probably about a year i i want to say but you know with like i feel like a lot of teams make a lot of changes so 
if you are that one person, like if you're joining two other players who are signed, like it would be worth to just get signed until the end of the other two's like contract. Because you know, if you sign for longer than the other two, they end their contract, and then you know you're They're best go in somewhere. the world. You've got all all these offers, um, and now you know the orgs realize they have to pay your buyout. You know, it's there's it's less they're less likely to sign you. It, it kind of closes your options up a bit. Um, so yeah, it just it, again, yeah. it all just depends on the, on the situation. But if you're talking about a, like signing three players, it's it's normally about a year because it's, it's normally done sort of pre-season or, or after the first split. Um, nice, because you know you can only tell if teams are going to stick or if they're good enough or not. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, so you guys have um, you guys have worlds coming up. Uh, you guys are doing boot camp uh, now. When when does boot camp start for you guys? Are going to be starting pretty soon? I said I know you said you got a week off. Uh, so are you guys going to head over to um, to Florida next? Uh, yeah. So we'll probably we'll head off like a week before the event starts. We haven't got a specific date in mind yet, but I assume oh, okay. it's like the twenty seventh or, or or something. So we can okay. go out there. I think the plan is kind of get out there, see everyone, like have a couple of days of just chilling. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what we'll do, but I'm sure they'll they'll have stuff planned for us. Right. Um, and then yeah, and then the yeah, probably something, <laughs> something fun. Um, and then yeah, for the last couple of days, we'll just be kind of sitting inside, grinding out the game, and nice. just getting getting back to where we were before spring major. Nice man, and, and I'm sure a lot of people are asking themselves because you know, kind of part of the reason why Moist has been successful is because of the guys that are running it all. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about the people you regularly talk with, but, you know, Charlie, Moist Critical, somebody that everybody is a huge fan of for the most part, at least we are. Um, you know, what has been yeah. what has been your experience like working with somebody like Charlie and, and the team that Charlie has set up to run Moist Esports? I mean, how has that been and, and how often do you interact with the guy? Uh, it's great. I mean, I don't we don't interact with him too much. Again, it's mainly done through through Matt, kind of his right hand man. But it, it it's great. I mean. You know, you you watch Charlie on his streams, and people probably start like he's starting an esports talk. Like he can't be that serious, but yeah. he's he's super serious about it. You know, um, I think they originally started it around like one Smash player. They just funded him to go to an event, um, and instead of just just giving him money, they I think they made a, an org around him, and yeah. it all started from there. Um, so I mean, again, I think we were the perfect fit. We were kind of uh, we wanted to kind of help them go to the next level. They obviously help us go to the next level it's, it, it works hand in hand um but yeah no charlie charlie's super serious about it he's he's super supportive of us he wants us to, to do the best to be the best and and i mean i guess i guess it's showing yeah absolutely 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 yeah it's, it's actually working really really well <laughs> <laughs> okay and, so awesome, and so so you guys are are gonna head over to dallas um sometime relatively soon um let, let, let's and, and we're, we're getting towards kind of the end uh, the end here now uh, moist esports is new um, you're the coach and the manager for their rocket league team have have you guys had conversations about what's next like you just said i mean and it was perfect you guys start out with a smash you know just sponsoring somebody to go to a smash tournament it's turned into what it is now have you guys talked about expanding maybe adding another team or or growing moist esports into something bigger I mean, I just, I just do the Rocket League stuff. I'm, I'm, I have no idea what they're planning to do. Um, <laughs> that's, that's your focus. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's that's the main focus. I mean, again, I'm just kind of the manager for for the team, so I don't really work, uh, kind of with Moist and what they're doing in other aspects. I just kind of make nice. sure the team are on the right, you know, just just getting them in the right place, right time, in the right mindset, um, so they don't have to worry about it. Um, and again, if they have any questions about the Rocket League side of things, they can go through me, and I'll have you know all nice. the answers for them. 
Nice, nice. Okay. And so, so you're running the Rocket League team. Obviously, this is your all your time and effort is going straight into this. Is there anything else you're working on? Is there, do you have any other projects going on that um, you know you're excited about? Uh, not really. No. I mean, I've just, I'm kind of all, I'm kind of new to all this. It's kind of kind of exploded, in, I guess. Uh, yeah. Because I wasn't really know, like known before, and now I just kind of come out, and everyone kind of knows me. I get shouting out for pictures in London. It was yeah. a bit. It, nice. it was a bit crazy, yeah. but. I mean, I want to start working on my own personal stuff in the uh, off season, like maybe do, I think, like online coaching, maybe start doing like streaming and stuff, YouTube videos, whatever, just kind of yeah. um, getting my knowledge out there, I guess. Not 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 too many secrets given away, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of, kind of, because I, again, I, I want to give back to the, to the scene. I think, I think it's important that, you know, players that are coming up, I understand what it's like for, for how a pro team works. Not necessarily sitting there and telling an individual like, oh, you're in this situation, you should do this. It's just kind of like, I, I want to do more of it. So it's more about like kind of the, the, the mentality side, you know, not, not, it's not as like black and white as everyone thinks it is. I see all these yeah, yeah. coaching videos where they give a, this is how you rotate in threes. And it's like, well, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer to that. Um, you watch us play and we just we look like idiots that nice, <laughs> if man. you if you kind of kind of analyze the the rotation it's just everybody just going for the ball when they want to go for it it's not necessarily of, of like a certain i'm in this position so i'm going to do this it's like yeah you know i'm in this position i have this x amount of boost my teammates in this position so i'm just going to go for it really um awesome. but yeah no i want i want to do more more stuff like that cool. uh streaming as well just you know just something to i guess kill time in the off season yeah. and to kind of keep yeah. me keep me playing the game keep my brain working and all that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And there's and there's actually yeah. a lot of pro players that do coach as well. I know I know one of the guys that, that I that I know um, coaches on I th- I think the website is Medify is is Spartan. He's a professional mm. uh, Halo player. I don't know if, if you do you follow any other esports by the way or, or only stick with Rocket League? Uh, n- not really. I follow Counter Strike on and off a bit. Okay. A bit of Valorant here and there, but nothing okay. else really. Okay. Nice man. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. Now, b- before before we go though, uh, let's let's give you a shout out on all your socials. So uh, I know your Twitter is is Noah, but it's the N and then zero Z E R O N zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N zero. N Z E R O A H. What about? I know you. I know you say you want to stream. Do you have a Do you have a Twitch? Do you have a YouTube? Do you want You want somewhere where people can go and they can follow you so we can we can kind of share that growth. Uh yeah, my, I mean, my, I think my Twitch is the same as my Twitter. I haven't got, I haven't set up a YouTube account yet, but that's okay. something I'll do. I'm sure I'll make a tweet and I'll beg uh, Charlie to go retweet or something, something like that. But yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's all coming. it's 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 all going to hopefully start in the in the off season. But awesome. yeah, right now the focus is on Worlds. Nice man, nice, and hopefully well, you'll have awesome a word man. victory uh, by then too. We... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, hopefully we'll catch you at Worlds. For everyone out there listening, uh, we're putting this episode out pretty quick, and so you'll have a chance to listen to it before Worlds happens. So if you're listening to this podcast, Rocket League World Championship, Fort Worth, Texas, August 12th through 14th at the Dickies Arena. If you're in the area or if you're in Texas or if you're anywhere and want to travel, we'd love to see you as well. Um, So please come and hang out. Again, August 12th through 14th, Rocket League World Championship at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. And for you guys that are looking to buy some tickets, by the way, you you guys can get them on Ticketmaster. Um, And, I mean, it's all all out there, and and the tickets are, are selling out fascinating. I'm literally on the website right now. Um, and there's there's not a whole lot of tickets left. I mean, I think after the last major, everybody's like, I need to get my tickets yeah. to get in now. Uh, so you guys go ahead and get mm-hmm. your tickets now. But um, with that being said, man, thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I don't know if you want to add anything um, 
else, Noah? No, I mean, I think I think you've kind of covered everything, really. Awesome. But yeah, awesome. Thank, thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely. Great. It's great to come out and talk about how my brain works almost. <laughs> no, man. And, and thank you so much for taking the no, time awesome. to come in and talking to us. Uh, for everybody else that's listening, you know, follow Noah on all socials. Uh, follow us on all socials. You guys can find us on, on, on Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, TikTok. We haven't put any TikToks out yet. Uh, and YouTube at The Law of Esports. Um, and so thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Noah, for taking the time and coming to talk to us, man. Thank you. All right. We will see you guys. Yeah, that was awesome, man. At the next episode. Thanks, guys.